<laughs> everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's a part due. Part due. Of the Christmas Miracle episodes here uh, at Not Too Taboo. I'm here with my lovely lady, Gretchen Christine Mommy. <laughs> Gretchen Christine Mommy, listen to that. It's got a nice rhyme to it. Cute. I meant to say Gretchen Christine Rossi, my baby mommy. And I just <laughs> blended those words all together, kind of like I had been drinking Kahlua in my coffee this oh morning. Oh my already. God, that's funny. Are you? That sounds so good right now in my coffee. It does. We should just get lit. I would love it. Yeah. Um, you guys, thanks for tuning back in. I'm so excited you're here because this story is really a really special one. And I want you guys to hear the continuation of this. Okay, so. But, but this is what's good because now you're going to focus on the details of the story. Uh-huh. And just so everyone knows, I've done you a favor, actually, by agreeing to Oh, just part shut two. up. <laughs> no, it's true. I've done him a favor because if I hadn't stopped you, it'd be like a squirrel circling a tree looking for a nut. <laughs> like you would just go around and around and around and around in the, in the thing and then not realizing the nuts are actually above you in the tree. Okay, here's They're my chestnuts, favorite part, like you Christmas guys. chestnuts. Okay, you guys. Oh, my God. On the open fire. You go. <laughs> and you somehow guys, my Yuletide log gets involved. Here is <laughs> Really? Oh, my God. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> You guys, um, no. Okay, here's the funny thing about men. They get, like, annoyed about all the details. But then when when you start actually telling the story, they, like, totally get into it. And they're like, and then this happened. And this, and you're like, really? Nut chaser? <laughs> <laughs> hey. But if you're going to tell a story, then you can't leave out details. Like, you make us be involved, and then you skip stuff. <laughs> no. Okay, so anyways. So last week we ta- chatted about... Um, kind of the place where I was 39 years of age. I was turning 40 that month. I just had this conversation with my mom. It was like very, very, it was, it was a breaking point in my life. It was truly like a little bit of a midlife crisis for me. It was one of those moments where I was like, what is going to be the trajectory of my life right now? Like I have to make some very hard decisions of if I'm going to stay with this man that I love and adore, or do I really want to like break up with him and go and try and find somebody else that I can have a baby with. And now saying that out loud, it sounds just a little like crazy and weird, but it's weird when you're in that place, you just, you go through a lot of emotions. You go through a lot of like emotional, like turmoil of like, what, what am I doing? Do I do it? Cause you want something so badly and you just, you, you start to question everything in your life when you're in a position like that. But it also gives people perspective on how important having a child to you was. Yes. Yes. Like willing to forgo everything else in order to make that happen. Yeah. Because I just really felt, I did, I, I could you not. You felt called to be a mother. I really did. I felt called to be a mother and I felt like, um, I felt like God was just telling me like, don't give up on this. And I tell you guys this because I want you to hear this. Like there's two things that I think really helped me in this process. I really needed to listen to that inner voice of saying you need to be a mother. But there was some sound piece of advice I got. And this was really awesome because no matter how much you want it, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you want something, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And you have to trust that and you have to surrender to that. That's a really, really important thing. In order to manifest what you want in life or what is meant for you in this life, sometimes you have to surrender it and let it go. Okay. And that is, this is the key part to this story that I really want you guys to hone in on and listen to. If you don't learn how to let something go and surrender it, you're, it's going to always have a hold of you. And it's always going to, it's never going to be able to manifest itself fully because you're trying to control it. Okay. So I'm telling you this because in that moment with my mother, 
had I not had that very difficult conversation and had I not gone through that emotional thing, and even though the person that said those nasty things about me and really was hurtful, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that statement because it forced me to take a hard look and decide what I really wanted. And once I said, you know what, my mom's right. Like I am so lucky to have this relationship. So many people crave and want this type of connection and relationship their whole lives. And some people search their whole lives and never have it. And I had it. And I was so grateful for that. And it wasn't until I really sat there and said, I am so grateful, so thankful that I have this. And whatever is meant to be for slaves in my future, I had to let that go. And I surrendered it and I let it go. And I said, Lord, in universe, if we're meant to have a child, whatever way that child comes to us, I trust. I trust that you will make that happen if it's meant to happen for us. But you have to you have to define let it go. And the reason I say that is because it's really simple, babe. Let no, it go. Let, let it, it go. go. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's not simple. But the reason I say you need to define it is because when you say let it go. What you're doing is you're really letting go of self-doubt. You're letting go of the fact that you're not sure it's going to happen, but starting to come from a place of gratitude and believe that it will just be. That's what you mean by let it go. Because the truth of the matter is, is that you didn't just let it go and then hope that something would happen. What you did is you let it go from from doubt. You let go of doubt is well, what you did because no, you actually you no, took no, no, a lot of on. steps to make this happen. No, I no, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is this is the evolution of what I'm trying to tell you. We're going super deep, people. You had you have to first. Here's the key, okay? Whether you believe in God or whatever it is that you believe in, okay? You I I, I sometimes like to just say the universe because then it en- engulfs everything, whether yeah. you whatever you believe. You have to truly believe and trust that the universe has your back, okay? And what that means is that whatever is meant for you, you have to trust that that is going to happen and it is all the perfect thing for you, whether it is having the baby, not having the baby, you know, whatever it is, you know, living on a yacht one day, not living, whatever the trajectory of your life is. I'm not saying just throw your hands up and don't do anything to make those things that you want in your life happen. And that's the second part of the story. But what I'm saying is you first have to be able to say, whatever happens, I'm okay with it because I trust and I have faith that whatever comes out of this is what is meant to be. This is what is meant to happen in my life. And the moment that you surrender that and give that up, it relinquishes you from the chains of that struggle. The chains of self-doubt, Gretchen. No, it, it, it releases you from the chains of that struggle, of that, that, that constant, like, you know, I God, I want this so bad. I got to figure out. Because what happens is when you let it go, you start, your, your, your blinders start to open, your, your point of view starts to open. You start to see things you never saw before. And things start to happen in your life. You start to feel this kind of like free-flowing, I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's like this kind of magical thing that happens, like this free-flowing stuff starts happening in your life. And you start going, you start paying attention more to the things that maybe you weren't paying attention to before that were signs that led you to other things. Okay, so here's my perfect example. I let it go. 
And I started being grateful for what I did have, not what I didn't have. That was a really key element too. And the more I started being grateful for the amazing relationship that Slade and I had and the amazing life we had created and the true pure happiness that him and I had together and all this, it started to allow me to just be free of that. And I and I started to actually like just enjoy researching and looking things up and finding alternative m- methods to maybe have a baby or do this and do that. So turn 40 and I start looking for um, a new facility, a new way. Is there a different protocol, a different technology, something that has happened that's different that maybe we didn't see the first time? Yeah. But I wasn't so stressed out and pigeonholed and cl- and closed off that I was just like, I got to fight. It was like, it was more of a relaxed state, if that makes sense. And I was just like, okay, let me see, let me try to open myself up to what other options there are out there, including possibly adoption. Okay. And this was, um, I can't remember what book this was out of, but I think I read some book. It was called The Tao of Fertility, I think it was called. Oh. And in that book. The Tao. I think, yeah. The Way. And I, and in that book, I remember a very specific line, and I want people out there that have been struggling with um, infertility to hear this. There was a line where he said, I'm going to mess it up, but it's something about, you have to come to the conclusion of, if you want to be a mother, like, do you want to be a mother? Okay, wait, hold on. I'm messing it up. Like, it's something like, do you want to, do you, do well, you, it wasn't about, do you want to give birth it to was a about, child or do you want to be, be a mother? mother? There you go. It was like, do you, are you, are you obsessing over having a biological child or do you actually want to be a mother? And it was some, some reference to that. And I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, wow, that's powerful. Because maybe in my mind, I had been so focused on, I want to have this biological child that maybe I wasn't listening or open to the other things in my life that could potentially lead me to being a mother. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be a mother. Mm-hmm. So, Which means it doesn't matter whether you give birth to that child or not. Yes. So, but my point being is I had to come to that place. I had to come to that place of surrender. I had to be open to that in order for the universe to say, okay, now you trust me. Now you trust whatever path I, it, I'm taking you down to become that mother you're okay and open to instead of like just this, only this, this is what I want. So does that, I hope that makes sense to you guys. Like start relinquishing it, letting it go, trusting that the universe has your back, no matter what it is that you want, that somehow, some way it will lead you down the right path to get somewhere. It might not be the exact path that you thought, but it will take you down a path. Okay. So I let that go. So all of a sudden I start researching and I start just, you know, looking at different opportunities, different possibilities. And what's so strange is every single time that I was researching, I kept getting led back to this one center, which is called Southern California Reproductive Center, and this one doctor, Dr. Siri. And he is literally like one of the founding fathers of, of IVF. Okay. Like how ironic out of all the people in all the you know world that I kept getting led back to this one doctor, right? And every single piece of research I was doing. Every, um, you know, like every video you watch, you kept popping up. Yes. People would refer you to a book. It's like he's in the book. Yes. His name, everywhere you turned up. his name just kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And everywhere I turned, like he was there. And then what was really weird is I started like talking with some friends around town and they were like, oh yeah, I went to this doctor down here. But then I went up to Dr. Surrey and, and like 
friends that never even talked about having fertility issues, all of a sudden were disclosing to me that they went to Dr. Surrey and that's how they got pregnant. I was like, what? This was like six different people, you guys, and random groups of friends, different, you know, places, some in LA, some down here. It was so wild. And Dr. Surrey just kept showing up. Well, and and the truth is, is this is kind of a, a taboo topic, right? People don't want to talk about whether there mm-hmm. is infertility issues. Mm-hmm. They don't always want to refer you to their IVF doctor. Right. So it was a little taboo. Yeah. But as you started asking and inquiring, uh-huh. all of a sudden his name, like with so many of our friends, it's so weird how weird. many people we know. That, it was like six people. But at least like six people. Yeah. I mean, now it's been more, but like before, but like just then, I think I counted six and, people. And it was the same story every time, right? It was failed IVF attempts, uh-huh. failed IVF attempts. With, other I mean, with three or four centers mm-hmm. or three other doctors. Finally, those people found their way to Dr. Surrey and, and, the fa- first and found time, success. The, the first, first time. time they found success. So anyways, so get this. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like the universe is telling me like, go meet Dr. Yeah, Surrey. This is the guy, right? So I was like, awesome. So I like called the office, Dr. Surrey. There was a, what, nine month waiting list <laughs> or something well, insane. Nine months to get in maybe for an appointment in like a couple years. Before. It was insane, you guys. Yeah. Like he was so prominent and so busy and so like, and I literally just remember when I, after I called the office and they're like, oh yeah, his first appointment's like nine months from now. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Nine months from now, I'm going to be close to 41. So Mm. like, I can't wait nine months. Like I can't, like I just turned 40, nine months, I'm going to be closer to 41. As you know, the research I had done, your eggs start to completely diminish by, or half your, you lose half your eggs at age 34, 39, like the other half, like it was just bad. So it was starting to like really (laughs) figure out. You have to explain that a little bit. That's what people need to realize is that by age 34, half of a woman's ovarian reserve is gone. By the time you get to 39, half the half is gone. So that's why they always say that a woman's biological clock is ticking because it's actually ticking. And I never wanted to believe that, you guys. I was so one of those girls. I was like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm not going to believe that. You guys, it's true. Like there's nothing that it's just, it's just science. It's just biologically what truly happens to our bodies. We are the most fertile at age 17. Well, yep. when you're born, you're the most fertile, but meaning the most fertile and can get pregnant like at age 17. Right. So, and every, and every woman is only born with a certain number of eggs, eggs right? Yeah. So, and each and person's they start different. diminish the minute that you're born. You could have 10,000 and your friend could have five. Or you, or you could have 10 million and, and your friend and they could, could have, have 2,000. Just yeah. depends. And so that's why everyone's ovarian reserve is different. Yeah. So, we're so technical. I know. So, anyways, you couldn't get into Dr. Surrey. Couldn't get into Dr. Surrey. Too busy. They travel, by the way. They have offices internationally. So that's the yeah. hard thing, too, is that they're all over China, the world, right? Yeah. So I, like, was totally depressed and bummed out again, right? But I said, okay, I'm just going to, like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to figure out a way. Like, I'm going to, I just got to keep believing that there's a way that I'm going to get to this doctor. I don't know how. I have no idea. But I'm going to get to this doctor somehow. So we go and do this toy drive um, for these children. I think it was like her. It was the hurricane in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. So it was Christmas time. Friends of ours are having a toy drive. And so everyone's donating to the toy drive and showing up and bringing gifts and everything to the event. So we're there doing that. And I go to leave the facility that night. And as I'm walking out the door, this woman grabs me by the wrist, by the wrist. Okay. Like aggressively. Like a little aggressively. Like you're kind of going to knock her out. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of scared me because, you know, I've had some crazy people. In my past, that have like done weird things and made me feel very uncomfortable. Some crazed fans. And she grabbed me by the wrist and she's like, excuse me, as I'm walking out the door and I turn around, I'm like, uh, yeah. Like I was just like so taken back by her. And she goes, I'm really sorry. 
but I, I just, I had to stop you. And I was like, okay. She's like, and I have no idea why I need to tell you this right now, but I see a baby girl in March for you. And I go, what did you just say? Like, I literally, I walked out to the car and Slade looked at me. He's like, are you okay? You look like you just saw a ghost. Like I was white. And I go, what'd you just say? And she goes, I, she goes, I, I don't know why, but I just need to tell you, I see a baby girl in March. And I go, okay. I go, okay. I go, what do you mean? Like what kind of, she's like, I don't know. I go this March, this coming March. And she's like, I don't know. She goes, I, I, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I, I felt this need to tell you a baby girl in March. I'm like, are you a median? Like what? And she's like, yes. Yeah. She said she was clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So I get in the car. I look like I'm white as a ghost. You remember this? Mm-hmm. And I, and you were like, what? And I'm like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. This girl just grabbed. Now, now you can imagine this is December, March. That's three months yeah. from now. So I told you she said something to me too. Oh, she did. But it wasn't about the baby. Well, she just slowly walked up. We weren't even together because this, this is what happened. I mean, physically at parties, Gretchen and I usually separate. I mean, we have a lot of friends. And so we usually kind of separate and we're spending time talking and saying hello to everybody. We're not always like standing next to each other. Yeah. And she came up to me and grabbed me too. And What'd she, she say to you? She said to me, she goes, I just want, want you to know that that woman you're with is your life partner. Oh, uh-huh. she did. Yeah. And I go, um, you know what? I know. I know she is. But thank you for sharing that. I think I remember you telling me that, but I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, but it was just weird because she just randomly said it. It's like she had seen us come in together or interact so in some way. somehow our aura was giving off something that she knew. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so you guys, I, so we get in the car, whatever. So she, I'd say to Slade, like, that was so weird. So you guys got to imagine December. We're in December. And she said, I see a baby girl in March. And I'm thinking, that's three months away. Like, how in the world? I can't have a baby. In three months. So like. And the thing about that was too, is that we hadn't told anyone that we were going to go back and try again. Yeah. Like we, this is right. we're coming off of that pause, right? right? Where we had kind of taken a minute off. We wanted the hormones to clear your body. You needed some time to kind of recover over the loss of the, the last round. Well, no, this is, this has been almost four years now. This is four years later. Like, but my point being is we had not publicly said anything about wanting to try again, about trying, because we, we had, had dis- talked about it, I think. You and I had talked about it. Yeah. And and that's when in October, when I turned 40, I said, okay, I'm going to start researching again and maybe we can do IVF again. We yeah. decided that we would go back to IVF, but I didn't know who to go to, what was, and then that's when I started doing all the research and I started seeing this Dr. Surrey keep showing yeah. up. So needless it was, needless to say, it was a surprising and, and unexpected comment. Yeah, because nobody knew. We hadn't been public about wanting to try again, nothing. So I just, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. I just kept going, why, why is she saying this? And then I kept thinking, maybe she's talking about an adoption opportunity and maybe this is what I need, this is what I was thinking was like, okay, I need to just decide if I want to be a mother or do I want to be a, a mother of a biological child? Like, what do I want? So all these things are going through my head. So I just continued to be open to the universe and what it was bringing me. And that was kind of my motto was like, just be open, just listen, pay attention to what the universe is telling you. So I hope I, I hope I tell this right. Okay. So then I keep it, this thing for Dr. Surrey. So now I'm like, how am I going to get to Dr. Surrey. Okay. Now here's the part of the story about, yes, you have to let things go, have to trust the universe, but that doesn't mean like you can't go universe. I want a Ferrari. And then you sit on your butt and eat bonbons all day and expect a Ferrari to show up out front. Right? Like you still have to do the work. You still have to like try to figure out a way to get, earn whatever it is that you want to have happen in your life. But you also just have to be able to like be open to it and, and trust that the universe is going to 
make it happen for you, whatever way it comes to you. Yeah. I, I love the, can I say my analogies about that? Yeah. Cause I do, I do love them and I try to live by them. When, when people, for example, pray to God for courage, mm-hmm. he doesn't give you courage. Mm-hmm. He gives you an opportunity to be courageous. Right. When you pray to God for patience, he doesn't give you patience. Yeah. He gives you that opportunity to be, be patient, patient, right? Yeah. So you have opportunities to grow as an individual. Yeah. They're not just handed to you. Right. And, and that's what this is about. So you've, you've let it go, the stress, the anxiety, you've been open to the universe and what it has to offer you. And mm-hmm. so the opportunities now present themselves. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way to explain it. So you've decided he's the guy. Yes. We're now going to try now to figure I'm out how to fi- get to the guy. Now I have like, to figure out how to know. Yes. So now I start going, who do we know that could get me to this prominent doctor in Beverly Hills? Because I have no idea how I'm going to get to him because I called and it was like a nine month waiting list and I didn't have nine months to wait. So I call our friend who, um, what, who works for a lot of the magazines, right? And because um, she knows everybody in town. Yeah. Knows everybody. And we actually met this gal after we left Housewives. Um, she, We were at like an event or something. She came up to us and she actually had some funny information. So I don't want to disclose her name, but she had some funny information to come to us with. She was like, do you know that Tamara used to sell stories to the, the magazines or whatever or always call? Maybe she wasn't selling them, but... I don't know. She was like, she would always call and like try and tell these stories to the magazines about you guys. And I was like, of course she was. But anyways, so. And this was an executive. This yeah. Was, this was somebody that oversaw multiple weeklies. Yeah. And she was like, at an event. What, chief something, whatever. I don't give away too much. But anyway, so she. But she's connected. Up, the bottom line is that she's connected. Yeah. And, and those, those entities and magazines, I guess, do articles and they do things on prominent physicians and doctors and, you know, who celebrities go to kind of thing. And so she was very connected, right? Yeah. And so we figured, okay, she would be a great person to call and be like, hey, do you know anybody that knows this doctor? And so we call her and she was like, you know, not off the top of my head, but let me see what I can do. Let me see, you know, I'll try and like help help you find a way to, you know, get into this doctor, somebody that might know him, da, da, da. So... Like a week later, she calls us and she's like, okay, so there's this huge PR guy, like big time, does big A-list celebrities, does PR for a lot of them. And he says he knows all the top like fertility doctors in Beverly Hills and he's the guy. And I was like, okay, awesome. And she's like, but he can meet only like on Tuesday at like four o'clock at Craig's. Can you be there at four o'clock on Tuesday? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I was like, we'll make it happen, right? Because this, at this point, I was like, just be open and don't say no. Don't come up with an excuse. Just be open and like, okay, wherever the universe is leading me, here we go. So I, we were up in LA and I had an appointment at like a spa up there or something, like a facial were spa we like place. like in Santa Monica or something? Yeah, we were like in, not Santa Monica, but like Brentwood area, I think it was. Oh. And we had to get over to Craig's, which was like West Hollywood. Okay. So typically that drive is about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes at most. Okay. So we leave in more than enough time. I think we left like 40 minutes before the appointment. Obviously we're pumped. We want to be there on time, the whole thing. And our friend has called in a big favor. Yeah. Because this guy charges a a lot of money to get contracted up. Not only does he charge a lot of money, but he's so busy. He doesn't have time to like go to do this stuff. So she called in a favor and said, can you please meet with my friends? They're going to be at Craig's at four and they they really want to like chat with you about if there's anything that, about these fertility doctors. So we're so excited. We get in the car, we start driving. You guys, 
the entire Santa Monica Boulevard is shut down for construction, okay? Like shut down. The, the, the north and the south part of Santa Monica Boulevard shut down. And Slade and I like you, are you like- You couldn't head east. There you, was like no way to head east. And like we're wazing it. We're figuring out. We are literally driving like crazy people bat out of hell. Like we're, we're bouncing around through the alleys of Beverly Hills, like going uh-huh. behind people's homes, like uh-huh. trying to work our way like, in like, that direction. And right? crazily driving. Like we could probably get pulled over and get in trouble. Like, because now our friend is literally texting us like, guys, where are you? Like it's yeah, past four he's, o'clock. He's getting he's ticked. Like he's sitting here going, what's going on? I'm literally like crying in the car. I'm like, the whole thing is shut down. Blah, blah, blah. So it's now like close to 4.30, you guys. We cannot get to this location. Like there's, it's a traffic jam everywhere because everyone's trying to take side roads, figure it out. Finally at 4.30, she's like, guys, he's leaving. And I was like, what? And like, we were just now getting into the Craig's parking lot. And as we're pulling up, I literally see the guy get into his car and drive off. And I just lost it. Lost it. Like I am bawling my eyes out. I'm just like, oh my God, our opportunity just literally went away. He thinks we're like flakes. The girl was actually kind of mad at us. And we're like, what could we do? Like, it's not our fault. Yeah, because we went into the restaurant to meet her. You're crying in the restaurant. She's really pissed off because she's she's called in a favor. This guy's pissed at her now because we didn't Uh show up. Uh Uh-huh. It looks totally flaky. And I'm like... I'm like, we tried as hard as we could to get here. Like, like, how did we know that everything was shut down? Da, da, da. So I literally in that moment was like, oh my God, I just lost my opportunity to like get in with this doctor. He's like one of the only people that could probably make it happen. Da, da, da. So, so sad. So depressed. My friend sees me so upset. She clearly sees it like it wasn't on purpose. So she's like, okay. She's like, we, we'll figure it out. Like, I don't know She's how, like, I'll try to smooth it over with the guy, but, but we'll, just let me get back to you. Let me see if we can figure it out. So that was Wednesday. So Thursday night at like 10 o'clock at night, she calls me and she's like, okay. She's like, here's the deal. <laughs> she's like, so tomorrow I'm meeting him and his client who happens to be a dentist, one of his clients who happens to be a dentist. And it's in Beverly Hills. Can you get here in the morning at like 10 a.m.? And I had like so many business appointments on calendar, you guys, like so, and they were like important business appointments. She's like, and can you get here at 10 a.m.? Because he'll be in the office and I'm going to just have you come in and get bling put on your teeth. (laughs) This story is so funny. Going to have you come get bling put on your teeth and we'll do like a promotion in the magazine, da, 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 for her. But this, what you have to do is like come in and do this and then you can be in front of the guy. And then when you're in front of the guy, you can be like, hey, by the way, you know, da, da, da. She was very well connected within the physician community. Um, so she knew physicians up in that area as well. So the girl is like, you have to come see this dentist. She's going to put bling on your teeth. Like you got to do like this thing for us and then maybe she can help you get to these doctors. Yeah, that was the barter she, deal, right? Yeah. Because the magazine wanted to put the dentist in the magazine. They couldn't unless they had a celeb attached to yeah. her. Yeah. And so our friend's like, look, I'll put you in the mag. I'll do a favor for the dentist. And then you can talk to the publicist. So you guys, so I had to cancel all my business meetings. We drive, I look at Slade and I'm like, 
we got to go up to LA tomorrow and I got to go get bling put on my teeth. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay. He's just like, are you serious right now? And I go, yes. I go, I don't know why, but like, I'm just trusting like this opportunity is here. I don't know why I need to go to this, but I need to go do this. And he was like, Gretchen, we have like these really important business meetings. I'm like, we have to cancel. Them. I think we had vendors in from New York or like something Like it was crazy. really not smart business decision, but I just was like, I have, I don't know. The universe is telling me this. I need to like say yes. So we cancel our meetings. We drive up there. <laughs> and the whole way you're like, I'm going to be 40. And they're going to put bling on my teeth. <laughs> it was so weird. And I promise you guys, the story is going somewhere and it's really good. So please stay tuned for this whole story because you guys are going to die at the story. So we go in the office. So I'm sitting here the whole time. Okay, I'm going to get bling on my teeth. And then at the end, I'm going to be like, okay, so do you know this doctor? Da, 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 because my girlfriend's like, she totally knows the doctor that you're talking about. Like the whole thing's great. The publicist will be there. So the two of them together can like help you get into them. Da, da, da. So I go in, I spend an hour and a half getting freaking bling put on my teeth, okay? It was actually kind of cool, but it was like, I'm 40 years of age, I'm getting bling on my teeth, okay? <laughs> it was so very street of you. It was very, like, so street of me. So I'm sitting in the chair, do the whole thing, da 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 la la Take pictures, the whole thing. So now I'm, like, excited. And my girlfriend's there, and her daughter's there with her, because everyone's, like, excited to, like, you know, we're going to get into the doctor. Yep. So but you, I, you forgot a part. What? When we walked oh, in, yes, when we yes. walked into the uh, doctor's office, there's all this incredible art hanging on the wall. Right. And immediately I recognized the artist. Mm -hmm. And the artist's name is Danny. And Danny's a really good friend of mine. Danny's actually the person that taught me to paint. And he was kind of my inspiration to want to get back into painting. And if you are a rock fan, you guys remember the episode where Slade took me to Danny's warehouse warehouse, and surprised me for a birthday celebration. And we did a painting together and he had a little like cute picnic and stuff there for yeah. me. So, and so just, this goes way back. Like we've known this guy for, you know, 10 plus years. 10 plus years. And in Danny's paintings start at like, I don't know, $30,000. Yeah. Most are like 7,500 K he gets commissioned. So it's expensive art. And the minute you walk into a, a dentist's office yeah. and there's literally what, seven or yeah, eight of these paintings all over the office. So immediately I recognize the artist and I didn't say anything at the time, but I, I'm like, I could just tell that it's his art, right? No, I think, I think you did say something at the time. Did I, did I yeah. say something in the beginning or yes. afterwards? No, you said something. That's why, cause this is why it tied in. So you walk in you're like, oh, you're like, these are Daniel, Danny's paintings, right? And she was like, yeah, how do you know Danny? And you and she's like, and you told her and you're like, oh, we got, and she's like, oh my God. Yeah. I think you were the guy that we were just at so-and-so oh, last week. Oh, that's right. Week. Cause they called. So Danny called, he's at a big art show mm -hmm. at a showing a gallery was showcasing his paintings mm -hmm. and I guess she was with him Yeah. and he called uh -huh. and said, Hey, if you're around, come to the gallery. I want to see yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, she goes, you're Slade. Yeah. She goes, that's right. Because I was with Danny at the art show. So this is what was so weird. We're like, wow, this is such a small world. Like that's so random that we walk in, she happens to know us. But don't think anything of it. Like, cool. She, yeah. she, she's friends with him. She, knows she likes buddy. his art, whatever. She's don't got think $300,000 in Danny's paintings on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't think anything of it, whatever. I go and get my teeth done. Come back out. And so I'm, we're done. And I'm, I'm, I'm like so excited, right? I'm yeah, like, Gretchen's okay, jumping I'm, out of her skin. Now I'm going to ask point. her. So we do the, all the pictures there. And I go, so I go, so. Didn't you ask the publicist first? No. No, it was just her because okay. I think the publicist was out in the hall, like on a phone call or something. So I say to her, 
So I, I hear that you know like a lot of fertility doctors, like prominent fer- f- fertility doctors here in town. And she's like, mm, no. Yeah, I don't know any fertility doctors. Okay, mind you guys, I just got freaking bling put on my teeth, okay? And she literally goes, no, I don't know. I don't know any fertility doctors. Like, what are you talking about? And I look at my friend and steam oh, is literally coming out of my head. Pissed. I was so mad. I was like, wait, what? I was like, what do you mean you don't know any fertility doctors? She's like, yeah. She's like, no. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I mean, I, I know, you know, I've heard of doctors around town. Da, da, da. She's like, but personally, no, no. And I look at my it friend was, and I'm just like- It was like daggers of death. Yeah. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And my friend like gives me this like boogly eye and she's just like, no, 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 no. You know, like, you know, like, didn't you just like go do something? Da, da, da. And she was just like, she's like, what? And she's like, didn't you just go do something with one of the doctors? Didn't you just go, oh yeah. You mean with Dr. Suri? Yeah. And I was like, ah, Dr. Suri, you know Dr. Suri. And she's like, and I'm like jumping up. So we went from like totally being depressed again to like, we're freaking out. And Everyone's jumping up and hugging, and she yeah. has no idea why. And and she and the and our my friends just like, oh my god, see, we knew she knew, it. and she has no idea. She's like, why is everybody so excited? And, she, and I was like, so you know, Doctor Sir, you know Doctor, and she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, no, I don't know Doctor Sir, and I'm like, what do you mean? You said you went, and she's like, well, I mean, he comes in and like says hi to me, and like is doing my. Yeah, she's like, I went to the clinic. Yeah, she's like, he's technically like the doctor, but like I don't see him a lot and know him. Like I yeah, really I deal with the nurses. I walk she goes, in, and she goes, yeah, I deal with like mainly like the five nurses. Well, our friend had told us like she knows five doctors. Well, she was talking about the, the nurses, nurses that she like works, and I'm like, oh my god. So like now I'm totally, and I'm like, oh, so like you don't know Doctor Suri? So like if we wanted to get get into him, and she's like, no, I don't. I I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> you go from anger to elated joy. Yes. Back, back to, to anger. anger. So the, I'm going through this emotional roller coaster. Okay, here's where it gets really good, guys. <laughs> so she's looking at us and she's like so confused and she's just like not understanding what's happening, right? I have bling on my freaking teeth. I'm like, this is such and a waste of time. Clearly, the publicist and our friend had not explained to her why we were coming. Yeah. And she just knew she was getting pressed in the magazine. Yeah. And so I'm like sitting there going, well, this is a bust. Like I just lost all of my important business appointments. I now have stupid bling on my teeth. Like, and it wasn't stupid. It was actually cool. But like, it, you know, in my mind, I'm just going, oh my gosh, like yeah, I've gone through goal. all this. Wasn't yeah. my goal. Wasn't my goal. I didn't wake up and be like, I can't wait to bling. And so you guys, all of a sudden she sees like we're all like down and depressed again. And she literally goes like this totally calm and straight face. And she's like, well, you know. Danny was like best friends with Dr. Surrey. <laughs> yeah. You guys. I'm like the artist, the guy whose paintings are littering the walls of your office. Yeah. And Slate's like, wait a minute. What'd you just say? Mind you, Slate has known Danny for 10 plus years, has no idea that he's like so close with Dr. Surrey. Okay. Because P.S. We've never had like a conversation with this guy. Like, hey, by the way, do you know a prominent, you know, IVF doctor and Beverly Hills? <laughs> like, like we didn't share like all the time with every friend that we talked yeah. to. Like, by the way, we're going through IVF and da, da, da. So she goes, yeah. She's like, he's totally like best friends with, he, she, he was just golfing with him the other day. And we were like, wait, what? Like we are so freaking out. Okay. Now back up, you guys take a pause. Here is where the manifestation part comes into play. Okay. And here's where trust the universe and things happen always, 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 always for a reason. Back up to Wednesday, driving to Craig's, wanting to meet with the publicist that I wanted to get in with these doctors. You guys. Traffic jam stopped. Couldn't meet the publicist. Mind you, 
the publicist really didn't know any of these doctors either. He knew of other people that knew the doctors, but he didn't personally know the doctors, okay? Had that traffic not been stopped and had we got to Craig's, we would have met with him and he probably would have said, oh yeah, I don't really know him. I can maybe try and make a couple phone calls, but not sure how to get to him. That would have been that conversation on Wednesday. It probably would have met a dead end. Had that traffic jam not happened, and I believe it was God making that traffic jam happen so that we could be forced to have to go to the dentist to get bling put on my teeth in order for us to walk into her lobby and see all the paintings and for us to go through this whole thing with her and then get to the point where she says, Danny was actually best friends with Dr. Surrey. We would have never known this, you guys, okay? This is the universe working in our favor and making things happen, and there's reasons for everything. So, and get it's, this. It's odd. It's odd. Just so under, people understand Danny's personality, too. Yes. You would never assume never. that Danny is friends with this prominent doctor. Mm -hmm. And I say that with mad respect because Danny, what I love about him is he, he's like a surf guy. Yeah. Right? He's so laid back. He's so fun-loving. He's so cool with everybody. He's just chill, right? He's so chill. And he kind of has that demeanor on the phone. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, totally, like, man. I'm like, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? And like, you just, you just wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't think that he would be, because like Dr. Suri and his personality are very different opposite right? like totally like, Surrey is a scientist yes like he's clinically just straight and narrow doesn't joke around yeah. it's always about the facts like if you would think the two of them hung out and were like really close i would never like somebody could say if on a million dollar bet or do you think they're closer and be like hell no they no, wouldn't know each other danny wants to goof off and ride a skateboard yeah so slade's like okay well i guess i'm gonna call danny right now so he calls danny and he leaves the room and we're like all sitting in the waiting room and he calls danny and he's like Hey, and Danny's like, what's up, Slade? What's happening, dude? Yeah, like, I'm cool, man. What's going on? And Slade's like, hey, man. He's like, um, so we're here at, you know, the, the dentist's office, da, da, da. And he's like, dude, I love her. Yeah, awesome, dude. Like, he's like, do you see thing. my paintings on the he's wall? Like, do you see my paintings? Isn't it awesome? And so she's like, so he's like, and he, he's like, yeah, well, that's what, and da, 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 tells the whole story. And he goes, yeah, so Gretchen and I are like actually going through, you know, trying to find an IVF doctor. He's like, dude, I know the best doctor ever, man. And <laughs> He's like, yeah, if you want to have a baby, you got to call my buddy, Dr. Surrey. Yeah, and Slate's like, well, as a matter of fact, that's why we're calling you. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, dude, he's the best. Yeah, like, I'll totally call him for you, man. You want me to call him? And Slate's like, yeah, I'd love for you to call him. Mind you, it's now like 5.30 on a Friday night. Friday night, 5.30. And he's like, yeah, dude. It might have yeah, been dude. later than that. It might have been almost six or yeah. like it was getting late. He's like, yeah, dude, I'll call him right now, man. I just was talking to him just a little bit ago. I'll call him right now, man. I got off the golf course with him. And Slade's like, okay, cool. So he gets off the phone. Slade walks in the lobby, starts telling us. Now the dentist is like jumping up and down with us. And we're all like, oh my gosh, he's going to call the doctor. Dad. So Danny calls right back. Danny, Danny, Slade picks up the phone. He's like, dude, the doctor's in the car right now. Here's a cell. He wants you to come right now. He's going to treat you guys like gold. He, you're a VIP client. Call him right now, man. And all of us are like, wait, what? We're like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, call him right now. He said he's going to get you in. And I'm like, they told me nine months. Like, da, da, da. So this is Friday night. I'm like, okay, they're going to get us in on Monday, right? Like, this is so amazing. So Slate calls the doctor. He leaves the room again because we're all like talking and loud. And we, so he goes outside and he calls the doctor and he's like, hi, you know, I'm Slade and my wife's scratching dead. And he's like, you know what? Any friend of Danny is a friend of mine. You guys are going to be my VIP clients. We're going to take really good care of you. Um, call this number right now. Uh, or no, call this number first thing in the morning. We'll get you in 
you know, ASAP. So I'm thinking ASAP is Monday morning, right? Like yeah. I'm ready to go in on Monday morning. I'm like, I'm 40 years of age. I got to make this happen. And so this is this all happens. So we literally go out that night with Danny. We call him. We're like, oh my God, you're going to like help us have a baby. Like we're going to, our dreams are going to yeah. come true. So we're like so happy. So the point of the st- th- that part of the story is you guys, it literally has taken the- it was the magazine editor yes. that got us to the publicist right. who got us to the dentist right. that knew the painter right. that called the IVF doctor. Right. So you guys, five different people of like this manifestation is having to happen, but all these things had to perfectly align to get us to this point. Okay. So we call we call the office on Saturday morning and I go, oh, um, the next available date is next Friday. And I'm like, next Friday? Friday. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, I can't wait like, another week. I My can't. biological clock is ticking. I'm like, no, I like was so excited. I wanted to be in Monday. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but when you're so anxious to get in, you're like a whole nother week. No, like I don't want to wait. So she says next Friday. I'm like, okay, fast forward. Friday comes. We walk in the office. We meet with this doctor. I'm so excited. The doctor that I've been researching, finding that keeps coming to me, you know, that keeps showing up, all these things. I walk in the office and I have a stack of paperwork from my last you know, round Doctor, of IVF. Like all the labs, all the clinical all the info. labs, everything. I have a purse full of all the vitamins and all the min- all the things that I'm taking, all the supplements, everything. And I set down the stack of paper and I pull out every, all the big bottles out of my bag. And, the, and Dr. Suri's looking at me like I'm a crazy lady, okay? He's just like legit like, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? And I'm like, so I take this and I take this and I, and I'm not sure if I'm this and I'm 40 and I don't know if I can have a baby. Can you, can, can I have a baby? Do you take, and look at, here's my stack of papers. And like, you have to look and see what went wrong. Cause if it went wrong, da, da, da. and he's just like, Oh my God. And he goes, okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care about any of that. He's like, throw that away, put it to the side. And I go, no, no, no. You have to look and see what went wrong in the last one. So we don't do the same thing. He goes, I don't care about that. He goes, I don't need to see any of that. I don't want to be tainted by any of that. I need to get to know you. I want to take a look at you. I need to know more about you. And I was like, well, here it is. I'm telling you right here. There's the stack. Here's the pipe. Here's the <laughs> Lola. And he's like, you need to come back on your third day of your menstrual cycle. And I literally look at him and I look at Slade and I go, hold on. And at this point I had had a period, it's called a period diary app and it tracks my period. And when he said, you need to be back here on day three, I look at my app and I look at the doctor and I well up, I have tears in my eyes and I go, today's day three. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, do you want to get started today? And I go, yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I really do. You guys, once again, had I gone in on Monday, it wouldn't have been day three. Okay. That appointment got scheduled that Friday because it was day three of my period and I could get started right then and there. Mind you, this is in Beverly Hills. It's not 10 minutes down the road. I have to drive an hour and a half up to LA. So we go in, I do the ultrasound, we do all the work, da, da, da. we come back in the office and he's like, well, the good news is, is that you still have an ovarian reserve. It looks like it can be hopeful. We, you know, we can start this protocol, da, 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 da. So he goes, I want you to go meet with Olivia, my, my girl that my does coordinator, all, my yeah. coordinator that does all this. Okay. By the way, you guys, on our way up to the appointment, we had just got off the phone with QVC and scheduling an appointment to go out and, and speak with them about a couple of projects that we had going on. We were representing a couple of companies and we were headed out there. We had which, just, which means you're flying to Philadelphia. Which means I'm flying to Philadelphia. We had just scheduled the date, the whole thing. And it was in like mid-February. It was like February 17th, something. 
And this is like January 5th. I know that all the dates because it's like ingrained in my head. So I go, so this all happens on our way up there. So we go in and we meet with Olivia and she's like, and this is, this is the part that's like always so weird. Okay. So when do you want to get started? When do you want to have a baby? <laughs> right? Like, let's look at the calendar and da, da, da. And I was like, and she's like, you know, the doctor doesn't want you traveling. You can't be done. So when is your calendar open? So I like pull up my calendar. I'm like, oh, we just booked to fly out to Philadelphia in February, da, da, da. And this is the part of the story, you guys, that's going to link back to the girl that grabbed my wrist as we were leaving that toy party and said, I see a baby girl for you in March, okay? This is the part that's so crazy. So I'm sitting in the chair and I'm looking at the calendar and I'm like, okay, so I can't really start until, you know, I'm back from Philadelphia. So we look at the calendar and she starts looking at the date and she goes, okay. She goes, so it looks like... Um, that means that the date would be, because we start your thing, we start doing all the shots, da, da. so the, the retrieval date would be March 7th. And all of a sudden it hit me in that moment, March. Oh my God, March. The woman yeah, said- baby in March. Have a baby girl in March, you guys. And I fully well up again. And she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And she like hands me a box of cleaners. I'm crying. And she's like, is that your grandma's birthday? Like, what is that date? Is that a special date? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. There was this lady and she's a clairvoyant. She like told me I was going to have a baby girl in March. And she's like, huh? Like she's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, what if this is what she meant? Maybe she meant that she would see that my was be having my egg retrieval and that there would be a baby girl within those eggs, within those embryos that we create. You guys, get this. We didn't find out that we had a viable embryo until March. Was it March 31st? It was the last day in March. It was March. the last day in March. Yep. But get this, you guys. We didn't even know because we didn't want to find out if it was a boy or girl at that time because we wanted to do a big reveal party. And we wanted that to be a really special surprise moment for us. So you guys, the very last day on March 31st, Dr. Surrey called us to say, congratulations, you have a couple viable eggs that are genetically sound. And you guys, what, however many months that was later, once we implanted, because we implanted that October, and then we found out in February that we were having a baby girl. You guys, in March of 2018, there was a baby girl that was created in the lab. Yep. You guys, talk about, does that not give you chills? Like that gives me so many chills. The fact that that woman grabbed my wrist and said, I see a baby girl in March. She had no idea we were going to go through IVF. By the way, she had no idea as a, according to her, meaning according to what the universe was telling us at the time, we wouldn't get into the doctor till nine months later. Mm -hmm. So the fact, and she said a baby girl in March, I heard that. I believed it. i felt it. I was like, somehow this is going to happen. I started calling my friends. We talked to the publicist, the publicist, da, 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 da. Do you know how many things in the stars had to align for that to come together and happen? And we still didn't even really know because we hadn't done the gender reveal party yet. We didn't know it was a baby girl. And we, and so imagine. All we knew is viable embryo at the end of March. Yep. We knew we had a viable embryo in March. So when we did that gender reveal, Slade and I, that's why you see our reaction and it's so over the top and I'm screaming and crying because there was so much of a miracle that was happening in that moment for us. Uh, first of all, I so badly wanted a baby girl. And not only did were we pregnant, 
but now we have our baby girl and all those things that were happening before that led up to that in the universe, having my back and me surrendering it and letting it go and, and, and the path being opened and me being open and me, you know, changing appointments and making it happen and trusting the process, you guys, is what brought us Skylar Gray. And it was so unbelievably special and wonderful. And get this, you guys, the embryo, okay, uh, with our doctor's office, they have this amazing technology where you can actually watch from the second that the sperm is injected into the embryo, I'm sorry, from the second the sperm is injected into the egg, you can watch it actually develop. And typically what happens with these eggs is they go from two cells to four cells to eight cells. That's how they split. Okay. Yeah. Even division. Yeah. And the one genetically sound embryo that came out of those 10 eggs that were implanted, and all of them are looking really good in this video footage. It's like a high speed fast forward of watching these embryos grow. The one egg, the one embryo that actually self-corrected itself. Okay. So Skylar Gray got implanted. It went from well, she two didn't get cells. Implanted. No, sorry. She got she got the egg and the sperm came together. It's called ICSIS. ICSIS. You give the sperm a little push into the egg, it becomes an embryo. So you guys, the cell, you watch it on the screen. It goes from two cells to five cells. And typically when an embryo goes from two cells to five cells, it it's not good. And it comes back as genetically unsound. This one, you can watch it on the screen, goes from two cells to five cells. Then it self-corrects itself, pushed out the bad cell, went back to four cells, then went back to eight cells, what it's supposed to do. It goes two, four, eight. And that's how it splits. You guys, that was the embryo that came back and was genetically sound. That is the embryo we implanted in us. That was the embryo that was a baby girl. That was the embryo that Skylar Gray. So if you do not believe in miracles, and if you do not believe in the universe or God or whoever you believe in having a hand in this, there's tons of science, but you guys, it's self-corrected itself. That is definitely a miracle. It's so rare for that to happen. We talked to the embryologist. He's like, that's so rare for that to happen, for it to come back genetically sound. It was their one genetically sound in that group of 10 embryos. All the rest were not genetically sound, you guys. And we have our beautiful baby girl, Skylar Gray, from that. So my point being is God wanted to show us that he can do miracles. And I want you guys to believe in miracles. I want you to know it can happen. So many things had to happen for this little girl to come to us and be in this world. I just told you 900 things of what had to line up to happen, right down to her self-correcting herself in the embryonic stage, which I believe was God having a hand in that to show us how powerful and mighty and incredible he is. And that when he wants something to happen, he's going to make sure it happens. And it's always in God's time. Yes. Maybe never the way that you expected. Yes. But we have been blessed beyond all measure with a little lady that wants to be here. She fought to be here. We fought to have her here. Yes. And she has this most incredible light ever. I just hope this gives some of you out there some hope, either if you're struggling with IVF or, you know, trying to have a baby, or I want you to think of, you know, being open to whatever the universe brings you to become that mother or that parent. Um, And this goes beyond just 
you know, fertility issues. This is about every area of your life. I really want you to take a hard look and think about, you know, how to manifest something. And, and you know, we had Bill Phillips. If you didn't listen to that episode, he's the um, median uh, psychic clairvoyant, whatever you want to call him, that was on our show a few weeks back. Go back and listen to his episode because he literally, and, and I had the aha moment in the episode where he said, truly manifesting is learning to let go and surrendering whatever it is that you want. And I literally go, oh my God, you're so right because that's exactly what happened. So that is the key, I believe, to truly manifesting what you want. You have to let it go. You have to surrender it. You have to trust the universe, God, whoever it is that you believe in has your back and knows what's best for you in your life and watch those miracles happen around you. Be open to them. Pay attention to the signs around you. You guys, there's little things that happen all the time. There's numbers that show up and they they call them angel numbers. If you look, if you keep seeing a number, like we keep seeing this number 444 show up in our life and we looked up the meaning of that. And there's meanings to all these things. So like if you're walking down and you see an address that says 444, you see a truck that goes by and the phone number is 444, you see it show up on your phone or whatever, pay attention to those little things around you because the universe is talking to you. It's telling you things. It's giving you signs. Pay attention to those things, you guys. It will be amazing how your little miracles come to you all the time. And we want to encourage everyone to not give up. Yes. Encourage everyone to continue to have those conversations that you might think are a bit too taboo to have. Yeah. But information is power. The resources, the people out there to help you, you have to keep openly communicating about the things that you want in your life because that's part of manifestation. Yes. Coming from a place of gratitude. Yes. And speaking to what you want because thoughts do become things. Amen. So true. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this very long story, but it really was a very special story and we love sharing it with you guys. Um, if you have any questions or thoughts, please always come on our social media. I'm at Gretchen Rossi. DM me, send us emails, talk to us. We love hearing from you guys. Be sure to download and subscribe. You guys are the best listeners ever. We love you. This was our last episode of 2020, which we are excited for you guys to go celebrate the holidays, Christmas and New Year's. And we will see you guys guys for our brand new episodes in 2021. Thanks for joining us. We love you guys. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast do not constitute medical or professional advice. Do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please visit stage29.tv.